Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. It's Shep Hyken here, back with another episode of Amazing Business Radio. I'm so excited because we have an author of a great book, Forging an Ironclad Brand, and that author is Lindsay Peterson. We'll hear more from her in just a moment, but just before we get started, some basic announcements, and if you've been to the show, you've heard them before. If you've got an amazing customer service story or a question that you want to share, just reach out to me on any of the social channels that you would normally be on, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. YouTube, everywhere, and of course, use the hashtag AskShep, and I'll answer those questions either in that channel or maybe on the show, or maybe I'll just call you and talk to you, and don't forget about my TV show, Be Amazing or Go Home. We just finished the first season, so next season comes out in January. It's on Amazon Prime, uh, Roku, Apple TV, uh, and even on YouTube. Yes, everything's on YouTube, so be sure to tune in, and we have lots of great interviews, and we have fun doing it. Anyway, let's get into our interview today, and that's Lindsay Peterson, who is a brand strategist and the author of a book I'm holding in my hand. It weighs about six pounds. Actually, not quite, but it's got so much information. Uh, this is a great book, Forging an Ironclad Brand. Lindsay, welcome to Amazing Business Radio. Thanks for having me, Chef. It's good to be here with you. I'm so excited because uh, in just talking to you in the last few minutes, you are definitely the high energy person I hope you would be. And we're going to be talking about everything related to uh, really brand and how I believe customer experience is the brand. But let's start with hearing from you and what you do and just a little background on who Lindsay Peterson is. And by the way, it's Peterson with a D, not a T, P-E-D-E-R-S-E-N. And if you want to learn more all about her, don't go to lindsaypeterson.com. Go to ironcladbrandstrategy.com. And you'll learn all about Lindsay and learn about the book. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Yes. Thank you for that kind introduction. So I am a brand strategist. I have a small consulting business where I work with leaders, typically CEOs, to define the brand for their business, to define their brand strategy. So I get to work with um, companies that are B2B, B2C, sometimes they're large companies, sometimes they're startups, but all of them are um, really um, kind of hoping to define with a lot of crispness who their company is and, and why they exist. Great. So tell me, or can you tell me, like, give me a great success story. Like you started like a, and, and like you made them into like a world recognized brand known for whatever. And I realize you may not, I put you on the spot here. This isn't like a question that you gave me in your talking points. No, uh, I'd love to know, like, you know, how does this start? Somebody comes to you sure. and they go, we need some help. And you said small and big companies, but what's been your, yeah. you don't have to mention the company, but tell me like yeah. why it was a proud success. Sure. Oh, I love this. And, and I'm happy to share proud successes. Um, one brand that I, I just love to work with and that many listeners might know of, it's called Cypress Grove Cheese, makers of Humboldt Fog um, goat cheese. And they are, I love working with them for a lot of reasons, but one of the things that was so um, satisfying about working with them is that when we started working together, 
they had this kind of um, somewhat fuzzy idea of what is their, what's their focus? Like what's their singular uh, North Star? And um, in addition to being fuzzy about it, they were hungry for crystal clarity to have this like laser like focus that could help them uh, stay accountable to what they were trying to do. And they knew there was something that felt really special to them, but they were having a hard time. You know, it's like when you, you can't see the inside of your own eyelids. It's, it's hard when you're that close to it. So we took all of their customer insights. They had done a lot of focus groups and, um, and kind of put together, okay, here are the kind of territories where we really shine where do we really want to shine that we can double down on and um and we did we, we did land on something we called it fine cheese alchemy um, because it was all about the alchemy with literal as well as figurative alchemy of cheese making um and it was this yeah, it starts as milk and turns into cheese Yes, yeah. it starts as it starts as milk from goats, and then it becomes this sublime um, eating experience. Which is, in in the case of Cypress Grove, um, it's one of these. It's a high end cheese, but it's still a mass brand, so it's an affordable luxury. It's like, you know, it's it's some some of the customers that we talked to called it the little black dress of cheeses because it's kind of <laughs> fancy, but it's also you feel like yourself when you're eating it at the same time. So that was just really fun and thrilling and, um, and a brand that just had this hunger to be really true to what only they could bring the customer. So they, it sounds to me like they stayed in a lane to get recognized for what they are and not to be confused and mixed in with other cheese brands. Is that a, yes. a okay, great. And that's yes. important in establishing credibility with uh, your, your customer base, your fan base, whether it be B2B or B2C, you got to be known for something, not for everything. Exactly. It's interesting that you immediately saw that because I, this is a pattern that when you, the idea of choosing a lane sometimes feels uh, threatening or and constraining for that matter. People are afraid. What if it's the wrong lane? Right. What if it's the wrong lane? Um, the funny thing is, though, that it's sort of That's a paradox. That's why they hire you, by the way, to make sure they get the right lane. Well, yes. <laughs> not all lanes are created equal. Some lanes are more favorable than others. And the, the, the funny result that, that a lot of people don't think of at the beginning of this is when you choose something singular, you actually can go so much deeper with that that it becomes sort of a liberating thing. So for example, in the case of Cypress Grove cheese, um, we, we learned that we actually weren't just competing with other goat cheeses. We were competing with other fine cheeses and we were even competing with charcuterie and other kind of lofty um, snacks. So by choosing this narrow singular idea, it both allowed this depth, but it also allowed us to be competing in a kind of on a more transcendent level. Um, so we sourced volume from not just other cheeses, but from other kind of special snacks. Interesting. So here's what I want everybody listening to do. I want you to go back and I want you to listen to the last four or five minutes. And I want you to substitute the name of the company for your company. I want you to substitute the word cheese for whatever industry you're in. And I want you to refer to your competition in ways that are specific to you and not to like 
you know, cheesy competition, a cheesy competition like charcuterie and other fancy cheeses, you know, specific, get specific with the brand. And you'll start to hopefully see a pattern on how your logic and thinking, Lindsay, uh, can be really for any type of business. All right. I've always said, uh, the brand is the experience. So let's get into customer experience here. We know a little bit about what you do. I love the uh, proud success story, but let's make this uh, a customer experience conversation. Tell me, when I say the brand is experience, what comes to your mind? That I wholeheartedly agree. That, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, thank you. I couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> I like a, you, Lindsay. A, you're just brilliant. <laughs> you uh, um. What comes to mind for me, the way that I define brand is brand is, is the relationship between a business and its customer. So it's this, it's Bingo. the thing that, Tweet it's that. the thing you own. It's, mm -hmm. it's the thing that you're, it's the thing that your customer, the kind of the thing in the customer's brain that means you, how do they organize you? How do they relate to you? And the way that we humans relate to people and businesses is through the way that those businesses make us feel, which is the experience. So Oftentimes I'll ask leaders when we're, when we're beginning a brand strategy, what are some brands that you really admire? And um, I hear a really broad array of types of brand. And then I ask, why do you love them? And universally, like without exception, and it's been hundreds of times now, it's something about the way that this brand makes them feel as a person. Nobody has ever told me that they love a brand because of their advertising. No one. Mm. We love a brand. We love a business okay, because of the huge. way that we feel. Yeah. No one has ever told you they love the brand because of their ads. And I mean, I will tell you, there are some brands who I don't even do business with because I don't need their product, that I love them simply because of their ads. They're funny. They make me feel good. That, by the way, is special because not many brands can do that right? But most of the time, I'll agree with you on almost every brand. If there is a brand that's a, that has a customer, the customer eventually, if you don't connect with them, they're going elsewhere, right? So it is a connection. Yes. Yes. By the way, Lindsay, even though we're looking at each other, for everybody that's listening to the show, she and I can see each other because we're on, you know, the technology they don't see you. So you're going, yes, yes, shaking your head up and down. I'm, oh, yes. I'm nodding. Everybody, I'm nodding. I'm grinning. I'm nodding. Wholeheartedly agree with Shep. Well, thank you. Hey, let's take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk more about how this experience connects to the brand, how you know people uh, feel connected. Uh, there's no doubt satisfied customers are not loyal customers. And what creates a loyal customer is some type of an emotional connection. That's what a brand needs to do. We'll be right back. Before I go, though, let me remind you, the book is called Forging an Ironclad Brand by Lindsay Peterson, and it is available on Amazon.com. Don't go away. We're coming right back. Do you want to amaze your customers, impress your colleagues, and outshine your competition? Well, going from average to amazing isn't an out-of-the-reach goal. In fact, amazement is a habit that anyone can master. And I wrote about this in my best-selling book, Be Amazing or Go Home. And now I have some good news. We just re-released the book in paperback form. And in this book, I let you in on the secrets behind my mantra, always be amazing. And I share with you the simple practices that can elevate your game. 
Mastering these practices will help you create trust, build stronger relationships, advance your career, and much more. So now is the time to step out of the ordinary and into amazement. Be amazing or go home is available at amazon.com. So what are you waiting for? Make the choice today to be amazing or go home. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. We are back on Amazing Business Radio, talking with Lindsay Peterson, and we're talking about branding, and we're talking about customer experience and how the brand is the experience, or maybe it's the customer experience is what defines the brand. But no matter what, uh, I love this line that uh, nobody ever said they loved a brand because of the advertising. They may think it's cute, but once they start using the brand, there has to be a connection. You know, I love fun advertising. Let's talk about a company. And by the way, this is not, you and I did not talk about this at all. I, I said, I don't know where this is going to go. Let's just have fun and talk. Uh, I love the Dollar Shave Club. Are you yes, familiar with the Dollar too. Shave Club? Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Very much so. Great. Now, I was attracted to them because of their advertising. That's called marketing, right? Mm. Advertising and marketing. It got me in the door and it got me to try them. Why do I love them? I love the little, the little notes they send every month when I get my, my blades. There's always a yeah. little pamphlet in there and I can't remember what they call it, uh, bathroom notes or shaving, whatever. Right. And that's where, and, and I, I just love, it's cute, it's fun, it's friendly, it's quirky, it's in line with that crazy guy that started the company who has these nutsy cuckoo commercials on, on our videos on YouTube. So let's talk about that. Maybe that's a great case study because they've converted me from their advertising campaign to becoming uh, an evangelist for them. Yeah, I think it's, it's interesting because people love advertise people love mad men people love advertise i love advertising it's fun mm -hmm. and yet it's sort of a um it's a different question whether you love an ad versus whether you love their business it's kind of like you you can be like on a clinical level that was a really good ad and not be their customer and you mm -hmm. can also be um a loyal customer that isn't even aware of the ads. So Dollar Shave Club, I think is an example of a business that blends them. And there's, there's high alignment between what they say when they bring you in the door, that ad that you saw, mm -hmm. the really funny ad that they produced for $4,000 and that basically launched their whole billion dollar business that brought you in the door because it's, it's funny and it, it makes light of things that are a little bit have been kind of sanctimonious and it makes you smile um and then you bought it and you you started to you became a subscriber to dollar shave club and you love the experience of being their customer from the product to the opening unboxing experience now if you had become a subscriber but then stopped being a subscriber because the product didn't deliver or you didn't there was something about it that felt off to you you wouldn't say that you loved the brand but you might say that you love their advertising mm -hmm. i'm more interested in people who love the brand and the reason is that that's how businesses make money businesses don't make money by impressing people with cool ads they make money by attracting and retaining customers 
Yep. And I think attracting is one thing, retaining is the next. Uh, some people have said that uh, focusing on retention is not as profitable as building new customers. And, and I disagree. I think eliminating churn, keeping people long-term, especially in a subscription-based business like uh, any, any business like uh, uh, the Dollar Shave Club and anything that's ongoing revenue, but repeat business I think is so important. If you have to keep replacing the customers you lose, that doesn't seem like a good strategy. No, and it also seems sort of like an empty, you know, if you're leading a business that's just always losing its customers, doesn't that feel kind of... How, yeah, of, how long will they be in business? Because there's only right. so many people before they all stop doing business with us. Right, and, and <laughs> right, exactly. You're going to go through all 7 billion of us. And the, it's, it it kind of comes back to this philosophical point of why are you in business to begin with? Are you mm -hmm. in business to create an enduring... Um, you know, source of value for investors as well as for your customers? If so, then you should be concerned when you lose customers. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of, I think it's both attracting and retaining. But yeah, if I had to choose, I would rather somebody focus on create an experience that's not going to allow for people to want to churn. That's, yep. and, and that's partly an economic um, argument because it tends to be better for your bottom line to look at it that way, and it's partly philosophical. Like, why are you in business if you're if you're if you're losing your customers? Right. So years ago, there was a great book. Uh, it's still a great book today. Uh, Dr. Ted Levitt wrote it. It was called Marketing Imagination. Sure. Yep. You've I've got it, it right here. Yeah. You've got it right there. And do you remember he had the definition uh, of the function of a business? And the function of a business is to get and keep customers. Maybe oh, that's not that the exact Levitt? words. And, and, but, yeah, but what's interesting is when you ask people, what's the function of a business? What do you think most people say? Like to make money? Yeah, exactly. If you, profit? Yeah, if you walk down the street and you ask 10 people in an urban business district, what's the function of a business? Almost everyone will say to make money, earn a profit. Uh, but he, I believe if I read into this, my interpretation was that's the goal of the business, not the function of the business. And if you confuse the function with the goal, you don't always reach your goal. So the function, get and keep your customers, constantly work at acquisition, constantly work at uh, you know, retention, and you'll grow. And uh, hopefully that's where, you know, the profit will come from that. But uh, anyway. Yes, it's true. It's, it's, it's kind of something that it might sound kind of obvious, but the, the, the value exchange, the re, when, when somebody is giving their money to our business that, that results in revenue for our business, they are parting with their hard-earned money for something. Mm -hmm. So it's incumbent upon us as a business to make it really clear what that thing is that we're asking their money for asking for their money for. So the value exchange happens when the customer is handing us money and we're giving them something. So if we can't get be really clear and articulate about what is that thing that we're giving them of value, get really um, articulate and easy and accessible for them to understand, then how can we expect them to want to part with their money if, yep. if we can't even be articulate? Yep. So there's a question that I always, uh, when I get into a conversation like this with a client, I ask them, why should a customer, client, patient, member, subscriber, whatever you want to call them, why should that customer do business with you instead of someone else? Tell me why. What's makes, what, why you over them? Right. It's a real simple question. 
Yeah. It, it, and it, and it's kind of the, the foundation of what a business is. Like if you don't have differentiation, if there isn't something that's different about you versus your competitors, then you're in what's called a commodity. And who wants to be in a commodity? Commodities confer zero margin. So you want to be different. Um, And most businesses are different, but their capacity to to articulate what's different about them, um, both internally and externally, just becomes a multiplier for their own success. Yeah. I was working with a pretty major healthcare group And I asked them this question and this is what they said. We've got great customer service. Mm. And I, I I immediately went back. Well, I appreciate that since I'm here to help you deliver and, and, and create better service. But more importantly, don't you think your competition is saying the exact same thing you are? So I think the commodity trap and you hit the word, you know, the right words, the commodity, I think eventually you've got to separate yourself. What do you think? And I know I mean, this is not a loaded question. And if you answer me in a general term, I'm going to ask you it more specific. What do you think the biggest opportunity for differentiation is for most brands? Hmm, interesting. I think the, so there's kind of like two, um, there's two p- polar opposites that I see among leaders. One is, um, for businesses that focus, that are really proud of their product, um, you know, e- whether it's a tangible product or whether it's a service, they're really proud of this product that they've built. And so they talk a lot about the product and the features of that product. And the differentiation, the, 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 the problem with that is that customers don't buy products. They buy the, the experience that they enjoy as a result of buying that product. Mm-hmm. So by focusing on the product, you're just going to look like the other players out there that are also focusing on their product. Um, And features, the features of a product tend to be easy to copy. Um, Emotional experiences are hard to copy. So you can't, in in fact, it's almost um, the more specifically emotional a brand is, the more difficult it is to copy. So the sustainable differentiation is by owning an emotional reward that um, is distinctive from what the competition brings, but it's also something that hits a unique need for your particular customer. Great. So we're going to take a break. When we come back, I want you to give me an example of a brand, not necessarily your client, but who you think does an amazing job at connecting emotionally and creating that experience that makes the customer want to come Mm. back. We're talking with Lindsay Peterson, the author of Forging an Ironclad Brand. Don't go away. We're coming right back. Are you ready to be amazing? Of course you are. And that's why you tune into Amazing Business Radio. If you like what you're hearing here, you're going to love my new TV show, Be Amazing or Go Home. Each episode is devoted to sharing ideas to help you be amazing in both your business and personal lives. We also feature an app or technology every week that you're going to find fascinating, and we always have at least two guests on the show. The show is now available on Amazon Prime, Roku, C-Suite TV, and more, so the choice is yours. Be amazing or go home. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We are back with our final segment of Amazing Business Radio. 
Lindsay, this has been great. We left uh, before the break and we were talking about what companies are doing to emotionally connect. And I said, hey, when we come back, I want you to give us some examples. So uh, give me a, an example or two of some companies that have figured it out. Yes, the, a brand that I love, a company that I love is called Everlane, which is a, it's an apparel brand that um, makes, they make apparel for both men and women. And they kind of compete in the like J. Crew um, strata mm-hmm. price point for clothes, maybe Banana Republic. But Everlane is all about ethically manufactured, sustainably manufactured clothes. And they've really taken this stand on helping put an end to single use clothes because clothes are such a, uh, uh, they represent such a heavy portion of waste in the world. And yeah, it's, it's shockingly. So, so they, uh, they not only, um, provide and and sell these gorgeous clothes, but they also show you the whole supply chain. They show you the conditions of the factories where they were made. No slave Um, labor. There's no No slave labor. They'll even transparently show what their costs were at each point in the supply chain so that you know what the wages were of the people who made your silk blouse. So it makes you feel like you're part of the solution. It, it feels so good to buy something from them because um, it's kind of tapping this. I'm doing something. There's, it's so overwhelming. Climate change is so overwhelming. And I've just done something that has actually helped. Yep. The I'm situation. buying from a company that we're on, you know, we're heading the same direction. We're in alignment. Yes, I like that. Exactly. All right. So I'm not familiar with them. I've not, but I don't know if they have even, even any stores here where I live, but any other examples of that? Yeah. Um, another brand that does this beautifully is Airbnb. And so, I know Airbnb. Okay. You know, Airbnb. Airbnb is really, um, uh, has has crystallized this promise around belonging anywhere, that anywhere you travel, you can not just visit a place on a superficial level, but you can feel that you belong there. Why? Because you're staying in somebody's home. And the experience of uh, of being a guest, at least, on Airbnb is that you're actually communicating directly with the property owners, sometimes with the people, the family that is living and that, that owns the unit that you're renting. And it makes you feel closer to them. And as a result, when you have experienced, you know, I don't know, Rome, instead of staying in a hotel where you're kind of sit, sit, skimming the surface, you're actually living amongst people um, even if it's even if it's totally private and you never meet face to face with it's still a genuine authentic experience that makes you feel like you've you've truly been I get um, it. Yeah. A, a Roman. Yeah, my uh, I think the best example, and I don't know, maybe my daughter's just lucky, but the last couple of Airbnb she stayed at when she was traveling internationally. Uh, she would get there, she would meet the owner, the owner would give her a list of all the restaurants to go to, all the stores to visit, the museums to see, and and just, they was so overwhelmingly friendly. It wasn't like you're going to a hotel, and if you want to see the concierge, he or she is over there, oh, they'll be back in 10 minutes, you know. Right. And by the way, nothing wrong with that. I mean, I usually stay in hotels all over the world, and I love that, but I, I see the difference. You truly emotionally connect. I think that's that's powerful. All right, we're almost out of time. And I always ask the one thing question. What's the one thing you want to make sure this audience remembers if there's one little extra nugget? It could, it could be something new or something you want to reiterate. Yes. What I would love to encourage listeners to think about is what exactly 
with a lot of precision and specificity, what is the emotional reward that you want your customer to enjoy as a result of choosing to be your customer? What, what really specifically is that? Not something vague like have a better life, but um, you know, if you're an insurance company, um, maybe it's specifically around a feeling of psychological safety and peace of mind. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's, again, we talked about Airbnb, it's something about belonging. It's not about um, something purely functional. It's about an actual emotion that the customer experiences. And what I want to encourage is that you not just let that happen um, serendipitously, that you actually define, you claim what you want that reward to be so that you can optimize your experience toward that reward. Yeah, I get it. My insurance company, whenever there's going to be a storm or some major weather change, it sends me notices. It tells me what to do. I've never had that. Uh, Not that, I mean, maybe that's standard now for all insurance companies to do, but that was new to me. And I thought, well, that's interesting. And I called a friend of mine who lived in another city who I know uses the same company. They didn't receive that notice, Hmm. you know, so it's personalization. Yeah, and they connected and, and, with me at that level. And how did you feel because you received, you've been I mean, receiving I, this? I have to assume that everybody in my area received the same uh, notice, but it also made me realize that that's something that they thought. It's one thing to segment your customer into personas uh, right. for the purpose of marketing. It's another thing to segment them for the purpose of making them feel safe or giving them a warning that something's coming. I like that. Yeah, it, it, yeah isn't it kind of cool? It, that's, that, I think that's such a beautiful example. So you got a warm, fuzzy feeling that most insurance customers do not experience. Yeah. I mean, otherwise, you know, everybody's looking at price and everybody's looking, you know, obviously you want somebody with a good reputation that's going to stand up when you have to uh, claim, make a claim on a policy. But uh, this was, this was uh, I don't know, it was just something kind of nice and special. And uh, I'm not going to say I, I was like over the moon, but I thought, ah, oh, that's clever. So ironically, ironically, at the dinner, uh, the first night I received this uh, type of a notice, and I've received a number of them because, you know, gosh, we live where there's uh, tornadoes and storms and everything else. Uh, I'll, I remember going to dinner and saying to my friends, hey, uh, what are you doing to prepare for the storm? <laughs> oh, go, wow. I didn't even know about it. <laughs> I go, oh, your insurance company doesn't tell you? <laughs> <laughs> wow. So they also got you talking about them. That's yeah. brilliant. Yeah. All right. Well, those are, that's great. I mean, connect emotionally, find out what that emotional value is you want that customer to experience. We talked about a lot of different things today. And I know that the, the whole idea of branding and experience go hand in hand. Uh, Lindsay, you've been great. This is why we call it Amazing Business Radio. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Chef. It was just such a delight. Oh, it's my pleasure, and I hope we do it again. All right, everybody, the book is called Forging an Ironclad Brand. Just go to Amazon.com. It's waiting for you. Lindsay Peterson, thanks for being on the show. Everybody listening, thanks for listening. And until next week, this is Chef Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.